Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the opportunity to gather together, to see one another, to sing to you. And we pray in this in these few moments that our, our ears would be open to hearing your Holy Spirit speak to us. We pray that as we open your word, that, that what we talk about will honor you. We love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Alright, so, so one of the first areas, we're, we're, the series, we're not going chronologically, but this just so happens to be the first lesson uh, I learned as, as we started um, life in quarantine or um, not seeing each other, however you want to call it, uh, is one of the first things that I noticed that was shaken uh, is the amount of time I felt I gained uh, when my schedule abruptly came to a halt. Uh, in fact, uh, right after spring break, uh, my daily and my weekly rhythms uh, were changed in dramatic ways that, that there, were, there was really no need to make sure that the kids were up and off to school. There was really uh, no need to drive daily to the school pickup line. Uh, and let's just be honest, no matter how efficiently a school pickup line is, none of us want to be there, right? That's why we cut each other off as if we were more important than the other person, but that's beside the fact. Let's, we'll talk about that in another lesson about school. Um, but, but, but our after-school activities changed, and for us, I mean, uh, I think we tend to be on the lighter end of that, but for us that meant uh, we were in the middle of having two track meets a week, uh, and then if we were having merge groups on Wednesday nights, uh, all of a sudden, all of that came to a halt. And, and what replaced our busyness was this slower pace. And, and very quickly, I realized how much I enjoyed that pace. And I felt freed up, especially in the mornings, uh, to wake up and take my time uh, in the Word. I wasn't trying to get somewhere. Uh, and so I could spend time with God, and I could spend time just doing that awkward practice of sitting and not speaking, and not moving, and just listening, and, and, and I felt freed up to take my time in those mornings, and I didn't feel rushed to, to work faster and, and get more done before the next appointment, because there wasn't a next appointment. And, and in short, I, I felt more productive, and I, and, and I felt more in tune with hearing God's voice than I have in a long while. And, and after the first week, I was just trying to explore, like, so, so what's changed and what, you know, what is this about? I felt God say something very uh, kind to me. He said, he said hey, dummy, because uh, I feel like that's what God calls me. Uh, he says, hey, hey, just because you put events on your calendar does not mean you have control of your schedule. And, and just like, like most families, there's a lot of moving pieces uh, in ours, and in fact, we, we try to move around. I don't know if you sync your calendar as a family, but we try to even tell our, our teenagers, hey, we need you to put those events that you need to be at on the family calendar so we can get you in the right place at the right time in the right ways. And, uh, but, but what's happened in the midst of this pandemic is, is a realization that we need to pay better attention to the weight of our calendar. And there's this old... Old Dave Ramsey principle. I don't know if it's old. I just feel like I heard it a long time ago, so we're going to make it old. Um, and and he, 
when he says this, he's talking about money, but I think it applies to our time. He says this, he says that if, um, he says, says, we have to be able to tell our money where to go, or we're going to be left wondering where it went. And, and I think the same applies for our time, and, and specifically our schedules, that, that we need to be able to know how our time is spent, or else we'll consistently wonder why we don't feel we have enough of it. Uh, and so stewarding our time is, is key, and, and this has led me to some further discussions that I've been having with God regarding why I feel the need to move quickly. Or, or why do I feel the need to brag to other people by saying that I'm busy as if that gives me some extra value or more worth or I'm just better than you because I'm busier than you. Um, as we spent time at a, at a slower pace, did, uh, uh, this question I pray for us is, is did we allow our in time for intentional listening or did we just fill the slow pace with more noise? And, and so, because everything that makes us busy is not necessarily important. It just, it isn't. And so this, this has led me to a question, and I only have a couple blanks for you this morning, but this is the first one that, that has led me to this hard question of, of when God looks at how we use our time, what does He see? Ask that question for yourself. When God looks at how I spend my time, what does He see? See, and, and, and now here, here's what I want us to be careful about. Because I think there's a temptation of you knowing, or you thinking that you know where we're going with this. Uh, that, that you think that, that there's this temptation that we're going to be spending our time talking about not being so busy, or the dangers of a pace that, that keeps us from the important things in life. And, and we, can, we can talk about, if we're not careful, we can, we can miss these moments where we get to watch our kids uh, grow up, and, uh, and, and what we're teaching our kids uh, when it comes to the family that's in constant motion. And, and we, could, we could get Chris to play Cats in the Cradle at the end of our service and we all can feel guilty and mandate, you know, family game night to alleviate some of our guilt, right? Uh, we're like, hey, we can fix this right now. Uh, and, and, but that's, that's not what we're going to be talking about. We're not going to be talking about that. But where I want us to go is because we, we all know whether we're willing to change it or not, we, we all know the dangers of busyness, right? I mean, we all know the dangers of that and, and what and how it gets in the way of, of our plans and our relationships and our hopes and our dreams. We, we all instinctively know that. And so for me to stand up in the next 20, 30 minutes and tell you, hey, don't be so busy, you're like, well, I've already, already knew that. So, so what I want us to do is we're going to start in Ephesians 5. And, and, and Paul is going to address our relationship with God and the footsteps of our lives and the role of how we spend our time and, and how it plays into that. And, and then we're going to quickly go into Colossians 3 and then uh, we're going to see how we can better utilize our time for the sake of the gospel uh, and, and how we can uh, see what should be coming out of our lives really as it relates to our pace. And so, so Ephesians 5, okay? And I should say this, um, I, I'm not a fan of just pulling out two verses uh, of a passage uh, because Ephesians 5 is chock full of rich gold. 
Uh, so I would, I would really encourage you to spend some time uh, this week in the entire chapter, but we're only going to talk about uh, three verses here. But Paul begins the chapter by talking uh, in regards to, to how we live as imitators of the nature of God. He says we imitate how God is and who God is. And, and to do this, he reveals the differences uh, primarily between living in sin and living according to the light God has made possible to us uh, in the gospel. And so, so beginning in verse 15, uh, he's going to encourage us to be aware of our footsteps by simply saying this. And we'll read it in its entirety. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Okay, so let's, let's come back. He just simply starts off with two words. Look carefully. So he tells us how we are to look. He says, evaluate, meditate, look from as many angles as you can. Uh, but then the question is, what are we looking at? Right? If we're supposed to look carefully, what are we supposed to look at? And that's a great question. Thanks for asking it, Chelsea. Um, he says, how you walk. And then, then Paul offers really two places that our feet take us. He says either we walk as, un, as an unwise person or we walk as a wise one. Meaning, just because you are walking doesn't necessarily mean you are heading where you want to or, or where you need to be going. And then, then he immediately connects our walk with our use of time. Making the... And what's, what's the word he uses there? Anybody? What, what's that, Heather? Best. That still couldn't hear it over that, but, you know, it's good. Uh, making the best use of our time. Not an efficient use of our time. Not just making time. He says, evaluate. Look carefully how you walk so that you know that you are making the best use of the time. This isn't, this isn't why we're, we're not talking about busyness, because Paul isn't trying to tell us to be less busy. Because after all, laziness and busyness can equally lead you to a place you don't want to or you shouldn't be. And, and so, so instead, he says, he says, look carefully how you walk and, and how you're spending your time. But, but here's the question that many of us would ask. Why? Why do we need to do that? To which he says, because the days are evil. He says the time we live in is evil. And this is the time we still live in. The, the path to holiness is not always as clear as we hope it would be. And, and, and that can lead us to not just deadly waters where it's obvious that how bad that decision is, uh, but, but even more subtle waters and, and even more dangerous waters where the decision might not look outright bad, but it's still unwise. Which is why Paul further explains, do not be foolish but seek to understand how God wants you to spend your time. Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And there's this stark contrast 
in, in ways that we can walk. We can, we can walk as the wise or the unwise. And, and, and walking as the unwise leads to foolishness. Walking in wisdom helps us understand the will of God. And if we were, if we were going to take the time, verses 18 through 21 uh, really just highlights a few of those differences. And, and then the fruits which are produced as we walk in wisdom. And so but let, let's come back to our topic. How we spend our time, okay? How we spend our time says a lot about where our hearts are. And, and, and so our hearts control our schedules. And so, so I, I, don't, I don't say this again, I haven't said this at first, but I, I don't say this in an attempt to guilt you if, if you look at your family schedule and you say, you know, we spend too many nights a week doing practices or games for your kids and and I don't say this to guilt you in the event that you have the occasional, uh, you know, weekend at the lake and you miss merge and we're all like, well, why didn't we get a tan? Because we were worshiping Jesus and you were doing whatever, you know, having fun, not inviting me on your boat. Um, but but I, I say this because there's a lot of us, me included, who need to hear what Paul says in Ephesians 5 and, and put those encouragements into practice. And, and we need to look at our walk in relation to how we um, are spending our time and evaluate simply this. How do we make the best use of it while acknowledging the ways we spend our time and how it affects how we walk with God? Uh, and, cause, and, and I say this because the chief argument I hear from people consistently, okay, is that, that we're not disciplined in our spiritual growth because we just don't have enough time to devote to it. Or I can't serve in this capacity I feel God is calling me to serve. Or, or I can't adventure with God in this adventure because there isn't enough time, enough margin of time in our schedule. And the truth is, and I say this with all amount of love, there is plenty of time just perhaps our set of priorities are off. And so if we're asking this question, when, when God looks at uh, how we use our time, what does He see? Then, then it's possible a better approach would be considering how the time we are spending is affecting the people we are becoming. Okay? How is the time that we are spending? We know this, if you're a parent, you know this because you're like, hey, the friends that you keep have an influence on the person you become, Right? So, so time is our friend in this regard. The way we spend our time influences the people that we become. And, and so, since Paul is telling us to be mindful uh, that we are making the best use of our time, then I think, uh, I think it's safe to say that the goal is not for us to try to unbusy our lives, but rather uh, that, that the goal is surrounding how we utilize time for the sake of, of the gospel. Uh, that, that, that if we find ourselves in a busy season, it would be over the things that are the best use of our time. And again, uh, hear, hear what I'm saying. This isn't a rant if your family has sports that dominates church life, but if, but if your schedule is getting in the way of your walk with God, then there's a priority issue, which is really revealing an idolatry issue, which is affecting your worship. Okay? You hear me when I say this? I say this with love. If your schedule is getting in the way of your walk with God, then there's a priority issue that's disguising an idolatry issue which will affect your worship. Never fails. 
And anytime your worship is affected, all of a sudden there's these other factors that come into play. Mainly guilt. Mainly guilt. Then all of a sudden if guilt comes to play, then laziness wants to be invited. And then you find yourself in a place that you don't want to be. And, and so, so, so the way we spend our time making the best use of it has an effect in who we're becoming. And so if we're claiming an allegiance with Christ, right? Uh, if, if then our goal is not to be unbusy, though we could probably afford to have less on the plate, but rather to use our time for the sake of the gospel. And this is where we turn our attention to Colossians chapter 3. Um, Paul, he, 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 he won't talk about time as much as he's going to be addressing what should result um, in lives that are spent walking with God. Uh, as we spend time with God, these things should come out in our lives and, and, and seeing Jesus more clearly in our minds and our hearts. And so, so through these first uh, 17 verses, Paul is going to make this bottom line argument and it's pretty simple and I think it's in your talk notes for you to write down that as a result of the gospel being taken rooted in your life, there should be a change in how you live. There should be. Your priorities change because the purpose of your life has changed because of Jesus. That's the way it works. When, when we think of Jesus too cheaply, we think we can have this, the, the saving grace of Jesus and yet not the lordship of Jesus, and that causes a problem because Jesus never offered one without the other. So, so our lives, if we are found in Christ, become about Christ. So that's why you can see it's so important that we say, okay, how am I using my time? And so my challenge to us here is, is to consider these verses in line with, with really how we spend our time and, and the schedules we keep and their priorities that reveals not just us, um, but what this says to the rest of the world. And so we start Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If then, okay, so if we're there, if we've, we've already started with if then, that needs, you need to know what he said in chapter 1 and 2 is important because it builds up to this point. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, then he explains why. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. So this is a, to me, it's a very helpful instruction if we can allow, if we can allow it to make its way into our hearts and our minds. Paul says, says, listen, if you believe Jesus died for your sins... And if you believe He rose from the grave, and if you believe He ascended into heaven, and if you believe that when He says, if you come to Me, you will be found, then, then spend your time reveling in this glory. Let it be the, the engine of your life. Let it be everything that, that comes out of your mouth and what comes with your hands and what goes with your feet. Let it all be about him and I would encourage you spend some time this weekend in Romans chapter six through eight. Uh, it's one of the most powerful sets uh, of, of chapters in all of the Bible. But in it, what we learn is that Christ not only died for us, but we died with Him. 
that Christ not only died for sin, bearing its penalty, but he died unto sin, breaking its power. And, and so, so because we are in Christ, we are, we have, I should say, access to the things of Christ. And, and so we say this because our heart shapes our schedules and it reveals our priorities. And next, Paul in Colossians 3 is going to tell us, he's going to encourage us to habitually draw our attention to the message of the gospel. Remember how it has changed and how it is changing you. And, and this will lead him to talking about sin. And it's easy to try to separate our sin and our time. Uh, but really, uh, you, to think that they are two different topics, they, they really aren't. Because uh, they both feed each other. Uh, because sin can lead to wasting time or using it foolishly, and, and time can fuel our indulgence of, of sin. And so this is in part what Paul addresses in verses uh, 5 through 11. He says, he says, put to death, okay? Which is a very aggressive word, right? He doesn't say try to hide it. He doesn't say try to uh, deal with it. He doesn't say try to chain it. He says, put to death. Therefore, what is earthly in you? And you say, well, I don't know what's earthly in me. And he says, well, I'm glad you asked. I'm going to tell you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On the account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. Okay? So he says, he says, before you came to Christ, okay? And if you are not found in Christ, we don't say this in a judgmental way. We just say, hey, it's helpful to know where you're at so you know where you can go. Okay? He says, he says but now, I'm sorry, he says, in these you two once walked when you were living in them. And then verse 8, he says, but now you must put them all away. And you, and you say, well, is that it? Just those things? And he says, I'm glad you asked. No, not just those things. Let's talk about anger. Let's talk about wrath. Let's talk about malice. Let's talk about slander and obscene talk from your mouth. It says, let's talk about do not lie to one another, uh, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator, in the image of Jesus Christ himself. So here, this is what he says, and I love what Paul says about this. He says there's no separation. He says it doesn't matter who you are. This is available to you. He says there is no, uh, here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. And so we put those things to death. And, and, and Paul reveals sins that, that not only just hide in the heart, but sins that, that become very public. Right? Is it not easy to see anger and malice and to hear slander? And Paul says, if you are in Christ, you put those things not away. You put them to death. And you say, that's not who I am. That's not what I, who I'm becoming. And this is why, beginning in, in verse 12, Paul tells us to change our clothes. He essentially says, 
all those things that we were trying to put to death, he says they covered you. He says when God looked at you, that's what he saw. He says for those things the wrath of God is coming. He says, he says you wore those clothes and some of us know that. And some of us are in Christ and we're like, you know, I still like this the way the shirt fits. And I'm going to wear this. And so in verse 12, Paul gives us a better opportunity, a better possibility. And he gives us a better instruction. And he tells us to change our clothes. And not only does he say, take off those grave clothes that are listed in verses 5 through 9, but he says, put on new clothes that are made available to us in Jesus. So we can start wrapping this up. Um, so he says this, verse 12, put on then as God's chosen ones. Okay? So that's the first thing you need to realize. That in Jesus you have been chosen by God. And so, put on then, and this is one, man, it's one of my favorites. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bear with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Then he says this, and above all these things, he says, put on love. He says, put on love, because it binds everything together in perfect harmony. And then he says this, and let, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And as we're talking about our time, just think about that. When we are moving at a Speed that we are not comfortable with is peace anywhere in the equation. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body. And he says, and be thankful. <laughs> just, be, just be thankful. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And then, then he says this, okay? And this is where we kind of make our connection with our time. He says, in whatever you do, whatever you do, whether it be word or deed, do everything, everything, everything in the name of Lord Jesus. Everything. So there's no compartments, right? So the way I parent is a reflection of my love for Jesus. The practices that we go to is a reflection of my love for Jesus. So again, we're not talking about being busy or, or non-busy. We're talking about making the best use of our time. So in whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And so, so just take a look at that list again and it's encouragements to be people of compassion and kindness and humility and meekness and patience and forbearance and forgiveness and love and peace and, and thankfulness. All those things we want to be, right? All those, we, we're like, yes. None of us would say, you know, I don't want to be more compassionate in my life. None of us do that. Now, now look at the, those things and then consider how making the best use of your time can lend to those actions being put into practice. 
Now consider verse 16. And letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That, that, that does not happen without making the best use of our time. This is very little about what Paul reveals as the outcome of the indwelling Word of Christ. Notice, notice the effects that it has on those around us. Then, then, now, let's consider verse 17 and the intention of why we take off our grave clothes and put on our grace clothes so, so that, that whatever we do with our voice and our actions, that it says something powerful about who Jesus is. And my point this morning is that how we spend our time affects how we live for the Gospel of Jesus. Does. And now some of us need to take a look at our busyness and we need to strive to be less busy so that we can be more active in hearing the voice of God. Some of us need to look at our laziness and be and we need to be less lazy while striving to be more active in hearing the voice of God. And, and regardless of, of where you fall. And my guess is that we're somewhere in the middle of that, right? You know, I can't read my Bible, but, you know, I can watch entire seasons on Netflix. You know, I get you. It's a priority thing. But regardless of where you fall, uh, in many ways, these past few months, this is going to sound weird, but, but I think it's true. What we've encountered these past few months is a gift in some ways. Because some of us have said, oh, I found out I actually do enjoy spending time with my family. I, I actually do enjoy getting to know my kids a bit better. I, I do enjoy sitting down around a table that we didn't schedule and we're not trying to rush through it. And, and I... I, I I think as these last few months have served as a gift, it, it allows us to evaluate some things that, that need, we need to adjust, specifically this morning when it comes to our schedules and our pace. And really, we haven't even talked about what the pace of our lives is teaching our kids regarding about what we truly do value. So the goal here isn't Again, hear me when I say this. It's not about, hey, you need to be less busy, even though you might need to be. And it's not that, hey, you need to be more busy, even though you might need to be. We don't, we don't do that. Simply, our question is, am I making the best use of our time? Okay? Am I making the best use of it? And the only way that gets answered isn't by you. It's by you going to your Father and saying, God, help me understand Am I making the bet? Am I utilizing my time for the sake of the gospel? Our desire this week is to love God by. Oh man, it's been a long time since we said we didn't do that at our little home church thing that we created. Um, and it was very evident because none of my kids were nice to me over the last couple of months. So let me let me pray for us. And let me encourage you this morning, if you need prayer, um, we, we long to pray with you. We're going to have a few people over uh, toward that wall. And as we dismiss, you're free to go find them.
If you've never asked Jesus into your heart, you will never find peace in your schedule. You won't. You will never find peace at all. And we believe that in order to restore a broken relationship with God, that He is the only way. And we would love to walk with you if you have some questions about that. I love you guys. It, I can't tell you, um, as irritating as it was this morning to try to set up for the first time in a long time, uh, I can't tell you how much it warms my heart to get to see you. Uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that over these past few months, the church hasn't stopped. That we have still been able to hear from you. We've been still able to be active in the story that you're telling. We thank you that, that you've brought us a season of, of family worship. And we thank you that you're allowing us to have this season of gathering again. Father, I pray we would be asking you some really great questions over these next few weeks. And I pray that it would start today with how we've used our time. Because, Father, you have, you have shaken the ground beneath us. And we know that when you do or when you allow it, it is always done with purpose. So, Father, help us see that. Help us understand that. Help us walk in the light of your gospel. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.